Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. When a person's going through great difficulty and you don't know what to do, but you want to do everything you can and you feel like you can't do anything right, that's a real awkward place to be. Sometimes in our lives we all have pain we all have sorrow but if we are wise we know that there's always tomorrow lean on me when you're Maybe it was a diagnosis. It was a doctor who says to you words that you never, ever wanted to hear. This has happened to you, or maybe it's somebody you love. But the one thing that is for sure is that nothing now is the same. I mean, after that phone call, everything is harder. Maybe it seems scarier, maybe lonelier. And suddenly your life is centered around appointments, doctors, special treatments, getting medicines. And maybe suddenly there are words that you haven't really used before, like chemo, like lymph nodes, the word cancer, stage three instead of stage four. Before, you didn't even really know what any of that meant. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, founder of the Center of Place of Hope. I want to welcome you now to Life, Love, and Family. I've had so many clients and friends face this. A bad diagnosis doesn't just hit one person. It affects and hits every member in the family. You know, your life used to have that daily rhythm. Things seemed probably more predictable. And now it feels two things, disjointed and difficult. And that's probably an understatement. And just getting through the day, it takes a level of energy that, wow, the energy is just not there. Mentally, you, you try and you think it's there, but it's not there. Your body won't do it. You know, there are these physical realities and limitations, unspoken fear. And you ask yourself a couple big questions. Will my life ever be the same again? And let me say, if it's somebody you love, you ask the question, will, will I ever have that person back as I knew them before? I have to tell you today that I, I know this story, not only as a, as a counselor, but I know this story because ultimately this story is mine. Two years ago, my wife was diagnosed with cancer. I had that phone call. And what was that moment like when you first found out? I mean, what happened in your heart? What happened in your head? What did you think? We're talking about dealing with chronic illness, sickness that doesn't seem to go away. Sam Kelly is in the studio with me today. Can you talk a little bit about your personal experience? Uh, My wife was diagnosed with breast cancer, and the chemo word is still 
a part of our vocabulary. Two boys, an 11-year-old and a 14-year-old, how this affects the family changes things in us emotionally. And one of those things that can change is it creates doubt. And that doubt, will I be okay? I begin to question, does God love me? And is God present, God around? And in our humanness, we try to put explanations to things at times just have no explanation. You and your, your beautiful wife have been walking through this journey for the last two years. We have, and we've been married 30 years. Mm -hmm. And I remember the day that LaFawn called me and said that there's something that's not right. Immediately, there's a shockwave that goes through you. And you begin to wonder, well, what's not right? And and then you, you make these quantum leaps in your thinking. At least I did. What does this mean? And is cancer just in one place or is it everywhere? And so I learned that when fear and anxiety enter in, you get into this what if, mm-hmm. and it can take over really quick. So when that happened for you, you're sitting there and, and you're a professional, you yeah, know oh, sure. the, the, the things you're supposed to do. What did you do as you realized? I mean, was it probably instant that you had all these thoughts running through your head? I think I did have it instant. Then there's a part of as, as a helper and a counselor and as a guy, I go, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll fix this. We'll, fix this. <laughs> we'll God get, bless you. We'll get through yes. this. What do we need to do here? But you realize it's much bigger than what you are. But one of the things that I didn't realize is, you know, as a guy, we go through this and you see your wife going through this, there's surgery, kind of told what to expect, but until you have it emotionally when it hits you, you go through chemo and you see what this is doing, there's a sense of, for me, a real helplessness. I bet. I didn't know what to do or how to do anything. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so rare in life that we have things we can't fix. You know, we live in a great society. If you have resources, there's always something you can do. And this is one of those things where you get totally stripped of all your ideas of what could happen that you could do. What did that do to your relationship with God? I mean, has it changed anything? Were you ever mad at him? I think for a while distant. I was just putting my energy on getting through what we need to do each day. Right. Taking care of my boys, doing what you have to do doing that and trying to do a good job. Yes, but, um, yes. So for me, it was probably setting aside any real emotions and feelings. I'm just going to get through this and we're going mm. to take care of things. So if if I could just confess, maybe the typical guy response. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's so helpful because, I mean, how many of our friends are dealing with this right now? This yes. is something that affects every family has been touched by cancer or a diagnosis. We have a few letters that people have written in with questions for you about okay. things they're dealing with that are even different. But that desperation and that feeling of I want to fix it is so similar. I yes. love that you're being real about that, that just being a guy, you feel like, let's just get this thing done. Yes. And then... It- as chemo was every four weeks, and in our case, it was three different kinds of, of chemo, you just dread that day. Because it's so painful for your sweetheart. Well, you dread it, and you go, what? oh. So I had to change my frame of reference about okay. how I saw all this. So then I began to just pray and bring over her that this medicine is doing everything it's supposed to be doing. Mm. Versus, see, I was dreading it. That's and, right. And dreading walking through it, and I wasn't the one receiving it. Wow. It was not about me. For me, I wish I would have figured that out a little sooner. Well, how beautiful that you're sharing <laughs> so, it. I mean, this is powerful. The, so so changing the mind, and, and that's huge. Yes. And staying consistent with the truth of the scriptures, even when you feel like 
you know, my brain's not even working. I'm just overwhelmed with everything. Still staying consistent with renewing of your mind. And so I had to get back to that. Also, understanding that when a person who is going through a cancer treatment, not to try to guess what they're feeling, Mm. but being there. And so I had to practice what it really means just to fully be present and be there without such a fixed attitude. What did you learn from her as you're asking her these heart questions? How is it for you, sweetheart? What are some of the answers that you heard that surprised you? Well, one of the things that surprised me was she was still up pretty early in the Bible and having her quiet time and maintaining a really good pattern and routine that was really surprising to me. I didn't always know how to really help So we had a little family meeting and I would talk with the boys about how we're going to be of help and and understanding how to be of more help. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of the little things, you know, like helping clean the kitchen. Yeah, that's huge, right? Just being alert to these things. How can we best be of service and really have an awareness of what needs to be done when we come into this room? How can we really help? And I always kept it open for questions our oldest boy, I think what for him it was, well, it's not too exciting right now, but will mom be okay? Right. How did you answer that question? I answered, and I really believed it, is yes, we're going to do everything we need to do. And from what the doctors tell us, the answer is yes. Yeah. And then we're going to also pray and ask God, and we're going to begin to thank God for healing. Sometimes that can be a difficult question to answer because we don't want to make promises or say things where we are in any way misleading them. What are some of the things that you saw as your kids were walking through this with you? We noticed that there can be maybe in some ways an acting out, trying to get some attention, and and suddenly maybe there's not enough energy that was normally there for me. And so they may be acting out. You may see in schoolwork, um, focus isn't where it was before. Did you have to jump in then uh, as dad and kind of be strong and say, no, we're holding the line here. You know, we're expecting a certain level of excellence. It's not a time to just relax and let it go backwards. It wasn't a one-time meeting. It was (laughs) ongoing (laughs) discussions. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For me, my own awkwardness about keeping everything an open and safe topic to talk about. Right. For the kids. Yes. We're praising God for the progress really keeping the joy factor present. And I would say I've really noticed more laughter. I think it's important how we structure mealtimes and the importance of really connecting with one another and understanding that kids will, and maybe particularly boys, oftentimes they're the last to really put their feelings into words. And so to be aware of that. Some kids can put their feelings right into words quickly, I have one that does a pretty good job with that. I have one that's more slow to put their feelings into words. It'll come out in different ways. What kinds of ways does it come out for a kid who isn't verbal? Well, it may come out through some attitudes, maybe even depression. What do you do if you see your kids kind of walking up to the edge of that or going through it? Well, and we know that just for people struggling with a serious illness, that certainly depression and anxiety is one of the biggest things they'll experience. Right. We're always maybe focused on the physical side of the problem, but remember what that's doing to us emotionally. Our kids can really absorb that because they're going to begin to wonder, okay, are things going to change and what does the future look like? They may even stop doing certain things because it feels hopeless. How is that for you as you're trying to encourage your kids and you're going through some of those same feelings yourself? 
there was a little season where fear was so strong in my life. And then you start thinking, okay, am I going to lose my wife? This fear kind of gets a stronghold and it really can pull you down and you can feel a lot of despair. And I want to just point out, it can really affect your thinking. Hmm. You start thinking things that are really not reality. <laughs> yeah. What do you do if you feel like that's already starting to grab a little piece of your brain, the, the fear? I mean, it's something we all deal with, but really extreme in this case. What do you do? Well, I hope, and in my case, I had really two different men that were actually older than me. And so they ask you really how you're doing. And then they don't let you get away with the first answer. Right. <laughs> so... And, you know, then just to say how it is and be really truthful because we've got to be willing to talk about it. You know, I had to say, no, you know what? There was some dark days, some dark days. Here's how it's affecting me. You know, here's how it's affecting my family. And I see sleep being affected. And we want to keep ourselves self-care very strong so we can truly be of help to the loved one that needs us. And that makes sense because I think the temptation would be, obviously, your workload is doubled if your spouse is unable to do all the stuff they normally do because they're going to appointments or they don't feel well. And so you almost could just throw yourself on the fire and go, I'm going to just do everything and take care of everything and be everything for this person and these children and everything. So how do you carve out a spot where you go, I'm healthy, I've got my my self-care is in order so that I can be strong to handle this journey? That's where you've got to have at least a couple other trusted voices in your life that you're going to be fully honest with. Honest emotionally, be accountable to them. It's really easy for us to let things slide, and then we really are not all we can be in, in being of help to the person who in our life that needs us. I also felt many times helpless in that see my wife and sleep was being affected, and it's like, what do I do to help? Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. And so you really experience a lot of feelings of, of helplessness. There's the vow we take when we get married in mm -hmm. sickness and in health. And so that begins to take on a whole different meaning. You talked about your boys earlier and even the idea that kids can go through depression when they have a parent or someone they love who's got a diagnosis yes. that's, that's pretty heavy. What do you do to let them know it's okay to have a bad day? You know, because all of us do. And, and I imagine there's times where you just want to cry or there's times where you feel really angry. How do you help your kids navigate that? Well, Sam, there's a couple times where I know that I was uh, short and didn't have patience and irritable. Said some things I later regretted as it related to my boys. Why yeah. can't you be more helpful? You know, whatever it was oh, at yeah. the time. And I remember at least a few times really saying, I'm sorry. I didn't sleep well. And I'm saying I, I made a mistake by what I said to you. Please forgive me. And so practicing that with your kids because you will make some mistakes. And sometimes we don't realize how heavy of a burden we are carrying. So it's the modeling of asking for forgiveness and also talking about, you know, we're going to go through this together as a family. We're a part of a team and we're all going to do this together. We're going to really talk about serving one another. If you've just joined us, I'm Dr. Greg Jantz from aplaceofhope.com. Today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about strategies to go forward in faith no matter the prognosis. We all have friends who, who go through things, and you never know what to say or not say. Yes. You don't know what to do or not do. And I'd like to know from you and LaFon's experience, what were the things that friends did that were helpful and good and, and that they said that were helpful and good? And what were the things that you're like, <laughs> awkward, not good? What do I say? What do I do? 
One thing, Sam, that came through some friends of my wife's, and they'd put together a whole bunch of these little paper cups. They were the small little Dixie cups. And on the bottom, they would put a Bible verse. And each day, I would see LaFon over in the kitchen doing communion, reading of the verse, knowing that it was friends that had done this. Now, that wasn't telling LaFon what to do. It wasn't wasn't making judgments about what you should do or anything. It's just like... Here's something, and it was taking her back to God's word and a promise through communion. What a great gift. And that's not something that we think about because this isn't something in our normal everyday life. You don't know what to do when a friend of yours has a crisis or a terrible diagnosis. What are some other things that for your family worked or didn't work that you wish people would do or not do? One of the things I noticed that people ask me, well, how's your wife doing? Which is sometimes an awkward question to answer. Because there's the version, well, we've had some really dark days. How much of that do you really want to know? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Or I realize now it's like I can really can honestly say, well, there's more good days than not. And I praise God for that. Did you wish they wouldn't ask that question or were you glad that they asked? I usually appreciated it. I just mm-hmm. didn't always know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the awkward points was when you answered the question and then sometimes people will say, well, you know, my mom or my aunt uh, <laughs> yes. died when she had cancer. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, because right. everybody has it. We always know somebody. We do. And we have a personal story. And, and when sometimes talking, the story is not a positive one. So yeah. this is good advice. Grandma lasted five years before she died. Oh, my word. <laughs> this is our way. We do those things because we want to really connect. Yes. And we want to relate. But we need to remember what it is we're really saying. Am I going to say things to a person struggling that really blesses them? Or am I going to say things that take away or create doubt? And by that, I don't mean not telling the truth. I don't mean any of that. And then I was also surprised by the number of people who would say, we're praying for you, praying for your wife. And, you know, there are people you could really tell they were really were. Yeah. That, that is, you could tell. And just my heart of gratitude for anybody that took any time to ever pray. I am so grateful. Practically, I know that you and LaFon did a bunch of lifestyle changes. And I know there's some some healthy things that as a doctor, you already know you recommend this to your patients. Vitamin supplements. Uh, what do you do if you got this and you're trying your best to beat it? Well, we really believe, in, and this is what we represent at the center, in integrative medicine. We want to blend the best and integrate the best. So. Yes, there was more uh, lifestyle changes, more on the organic side, being willing to make changes. And I don't mean, you know, sometimes we want to go on a search, well, why did this happen to me? And you can get stuck into a lot of blame. We can blame ourselves. We can blame others. And so when we have a serious illness, it's not about blame. How important is exercise if you have a hard diagnosis? Because I think about with chemo and things like that, where it makes you feel like, yes. I don't feel like doing anything. I feel terrible. Is exercise a good thing at that point or a bad thing? And how, how did you guys do that? Exercise is good. How we're doing it and what we're doing, I think, is even more important when we have a serious illness. Keeping the body moving, breaking a sweat, helping the body detoxify made a huge difference just emotionally. As we know, it would, even if we weren't struggling with a serious right. illness. Yeah, so, it does. Keeping it balanced. And we need to understand maybe why I'm going through this. I won't be able to exercise or do the same things I did before. Yeah, that makes sense. Today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about steps that you can take to hold on to hope while you walk through a difficult treatment plan.
Can you talk a little bit about the spiritual journey yes. that you've witnessed your wife walking here? Well, she's been a, a, a lesson for all of us at home about the spiritual and, and the faith. I have become more sensitive, I believe, spiritually. Hopefully I've become more sensitive to her needs, and I have a, such a greater appreciation for everything that she does. Her faithfulness, what I've seen, I mean, I can't keep up with what she's reading. <laughs> well, I say that in that I'm always seeing her work on things that keep her spiritually strong. Yeah. And the people who she hangs with, you know, sometimes when we're going through a tough time, there are some people that aren't that healthy for you. Okay. Yep. Normally you're okay with them, but during tough times, they're probably not the healthiest or they're not strengthening you. Yeah. I think there's a time where you go, okay, who's really adding to me? Who really elevates me? Who really keeps me spiritually strong by how they're talking to me? And we've got to keep ourselves surrounded with those kinds of people. I saw there was a core group of people that really represented that. Did you have to play watchdog for that? I felt like maybe initially I did, but she pretty well took charge. (laughs) She's an amazing woman. How has the ministry been? Because I know you guys have such a heart for helping others. Is it possible to minister out when you're in the middle of going through something like this? Yes, and I believe that uh, we do do that, or we can do that. And I've noticed that she's stepping back into some things where there needed to be a period of time out, a regrouping, and just maybe reprioritizing. What is God really calling me to do now? Is everything that was on my plate before really what I'm supposed to be doing now? And getting refocused in some of that ministry. And it's exciting for me to see her gather with other moms and other women and the prayer time and, and to see what they do. And I got to tell you, I know there was a season she wasn't able to do that, but I am so glad she's able to do that again. The spiritual strength that she gathers from other women. And gives. And gives, yes. Your wife is amazing. Can you talk about the new LaFawn? Because in a way, you go through something like she's gone through and, and that all the people we know who they go through this battle and they come back and it's like they've gone to war. Yes. Do you expect that person to be the same person or are they different somehow? I think they're different and generally they're stronger. And we have an opportunity when we go through something difficult, maybe it's ourselves going through it, we either become sensitive to other people going through it and have a a sensitivity and awareness that we didn't have before, and therefore we are able to minister to them better. Because the number of women that come to LaFon or breast cancer, the people who she's able to just share, here's what I did and here's what I went through, I think that's really empowering. I think about Jesus, too, and it's like, you know, he had scars, and it's like the scars bring you back different. You know, you're not the same, but the story would be a lot worse if you didn't yes. have that part of the story, you know. So I think it's it's quite amazing what you guys have done and, and are doing. Do you have any long-term goals, ideas about celebrating? Just because, I don't know, don't you think celebration is such a huge part of, of our life? You know, I asked LaFon, I said, how do we you want to pray or want me to pray now? It really shifted to just praising God and thanking God. Praising God, praising God for the progress, praising God for her body's responding. And so we just moved to more praise. You go, well, that sounds like a short prayer, but I can do that. Yeah, that thankful heart that prepares everything for what God is going to do. And there were probably times where it was maybe hard, maybe hard for her or maybe hard for you to have that thankful spirit. But it really sounds like you relied on each other. Well, I have to tell you that, no, she taught me a lot and continues to. And one of the things I hope that I've developed better is is just grace. 
So when a person's going through great difficulty and you don't know what to do, but you want to do everything you can and you feel like you can't do anything right, that's a real awkward place to be. And so I want to just have a heart of gratitude, a heart that I'm, I'm here. And I did think about the marriage vow of sickness and health and really what does that mean? We remain steadfast. Thank you for being so honest and for sharing your story and for doing it with so much heart. Well, as I think about this today, for years we have dealt with people with chronic and difficult illnesses at the center. And one of the things that's difficult is I am walking through it as well. But sometimes my life just don't make sense at all. When the mountains look so big, my faith just seems so small So hold me Jesus Cause I'm shaking like a leaf You have been king of my glory Won't you be my prince of peace And I wake up So hard inside my soul I swear there must be blisters on my heart So hold me Jesus Cause I'm shaking like a leaf You have been king of my glory Won't you be my prince of peace Surrender So many walls Now I'm falling down I'm falling on my knees And the Salvation Army Band Is playing this hymn And your grace rings out so deep It makes my resistance seem so good It's hard to hear bad news. As you've listened today, did you realize that for the first time, you can be the difference maker, along with God's help, in your treatment plan? Whether it's you or somebody you love with a poor diagnosis, you can start taking steps today to find peace as you work through to restore good health. We would love to help you do that. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, and along with Dr. Tim Clinton, here at Life, Love, and Family, we have all the resources you need to help you take positive steps. Call us right now and let us help you take back some control, bringing hope to the recovery process. Call us now at 855-455-3264. 855-455-3264. I want to thank you for listening to Life, Love, and Family. You can hear the program again or share it with somebody you love at lifeloveandfamily.net. This is your life. You have choices, and you can walk forward in peace. 
God has a promise that He will give you all you need. Life, love, and family. You know the feeling where you're tired and unmotivated, and sometimes you get mad for no reason. And maybe you don't like what it's doing to your family or to your job. That's why the Center for Counseling and Health Resources has been there for people for more than 30 years. They take a whole person care approach that'll look at everything from your nutrition, your vitamin balances, your mind, your spirit. Call 1-888-771-5166. Or for help right now, visit aplaceofhope.com. 